The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that unmasks history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the story of the Great Train Robbery, a complex heist planned by an inside man and carried out by a gang of 15 small-time criminals looking for their big score. The day was August 8th, 1963. A masked gang committed the most notorious train robbery in British history, when they stole 2.6 million pounds from a traveling post office. News of the caper quickly spread across the country and overseas to the U.S., where it was characterized as a British Western and given the nickname The Great Train Robbery. One notable difference from American Westerns was that no guns were used in the crime. Today, the robbery is viewed as the end of an era in that regard the last major unarmed robbery before British criminals began using guns en masse. Of course, that doesn't mean the train robbers were above the use of violence. One of them brutally assaulted the train's engineer with an iron crowbar, which may have contributed to the man's early death. In that sense, the public's romantic view of the crime was somewhat at odds with the reality of what actually happened. The gang's target was a royal mail train, a kind of mobile post office. It had left Glasgow for London 
on the evening of August 7, 1963. The train ran overnight, delivering and picking up sacks of mail at stops along the way. It consisted of an engine car, followed by 12 carriages, where postal workers sorted and shifted mail as they sped along the track. The second carriage behind the engine was called the High Value Package, or HVP car. As the name suggests, it was the car where the train's most valuable cargo was stored, and on that particular night, the cargo on board was especially valuable. Because of a bank holiday weekend in Scotland, where the train had departed from, the HVP was carrying a record amount of cash. Most of it was in the form of used banknotes, which were being dropped from circulation and taken to a burning facility. Altogether, roughly 2.6 million pounds were on board that night, the equivalent of more than 60 million pounds, or 73 million dollars, today. The train's unusually large payload wasn't public knowledge, for obvious reasons, but the robbers hadn't chosen that night by sheer luck either. Instead, they'd been tipped off by a postal worker who told them everything they needed to know about where, when, and how to hijack the train. This insider source hid his identity from the gang, so most of the crew simply called him the Ulsterman, a nod to Ulster, the Irish province he hailed from. Based on info from the Ulsterman, the 15-man crew set out in the early morning of August 8th and made their way to a section of track called Sears Crossing, near Bredego Bridge in Ledburn. Just before 3 a.m., they tampered with a signal light near that location so that the train would be compelled to stop there. First, they covered up the green go signal light by sticking a leather glove over it. Then, they rigged a battery pack to the red signal light so that they could turn it on themselves. When the engineer saw the phony red signal, he stopped the train as directed, but couldn't find any reason why the light would be on. He sent someone to call for more information on the nearest railway telephone, but it was soon discovered the lines had been cut. Just then, a dozen men wearing ski masks boarded the train and proceeded to beat conductor Jack Mills with a crowbar until he agreed to cooperate. By that time, they had already detached the back ten cars from the train, leaving just the HVP, the car in front of it, and the engine. They then forced Mills to drive the train to a rendezvous point about a half a mile up the track where the rest of the gang was waiting. Meanwhile, 75 postal employees continued working in the 10 cars left behind, completely unaware of what was going on outside. Once the train had reached the meeting point, the gang headed to the high-value package car to claim their reward. It's worth noting that at the time, there hadn't been that many major train robberies in Britain. As a result, security was minimal, even in the HVP. The main deterrence was a heavy sealed door that could only be unlocked from the inside. Still, it was easy enough to hack through it with the right set of tools, and that's just what the robbers did. Once inside, all that stood between them and the money were a handful of terrified postal workers. Outnumbered and unarmed, these guards posed even less of a challenge than the door and were quickly dispatched. With all the obstacles out of the way, the thieves helped themselves to 120 mail sacks stuffed with 1, 5, and 10-pound notes. They threw the loot down an embankment, where it was then loaded into three waiting vehicles, two Range Rovers and an old military truck. 
From there, the gang drove 27 miles to Leatherslade Farm in Buckinghamshire, reportedly listening to Tony Bennett's The Good Life along the way. It's the good life to be free and explore the unknown. The thieves hid out at Leatherslade for the next several days in a farmhouse they had rented in advance. They famously passed the time by playing the board game Monopoly, substituting real cash in place of the game's pretend money. They also listened in on police radio channels to see if anyone was on to them. It took a few days, but eventually, someone was. On August 13th, Scotland Yard received a tip from a farm worker in Leatherslade named John Maris. He had noticed some suspicious behavior from his new neighbors, including the fact they had blacked out all their windows and never seemed to step foot outside the house. Local police were sent to investigate the property, but by the time they got there, the thieves had already divided up their loot and fled the scene. They had been a little sloppy in their departure, though. While they had wiped their fingerprints from many of the objects and surfaces they left behind, they had overlooked the Monopoly board, its pieces, and a bottle of ketchup. The presence of empty, half-buried mailbags linked the men to the crime, and the fingerprints they left all over the crime scene told police exactly who they were. The first arrest was made before the week was out, and was followed by 11 others over the course of the next few months. In January of 1964, the 12 gang members who'd been captured were tried, convicted, and ultimately sentenced to a combined total of 307 years in prison, although none of them wound up serving more than 13 years for the crime. The last three gang members, Bruce Reynolds, Ronald Buster Edwards, and James White, remained at large for several years, but by 1968, authorities had arrested them all. Over the course of the investigation, police managed to recover only about 10% of the stolen money. The rest of the loot was never accounted for, but because the UK changed its currency in 1971, most of the cash from the train was no longer legal tender anyway. As for the Ulsterman, the postal worker who had orchestrated the entire robbery, he was never apprehended. In fact, his identity remained a mystery all the way until 2014 when one of the surviving thieves, Douglas Gordon Goody, finally broke his silence. According to him, their informant was a man from Belfast named Patrick McKenna. At the time of the robbery, McKenna was 43 years old and worked for the Postal Service in Islington, North London. He had been introduced to Goody through a third party, and over the course of several meetings in early 1963, he taught Goody and his crew about the inner workings of the mail train, in exchange for a cut of the loot. With that revelation, the final mystery of the great train robbery was finally solved. That is, assuming Goody was telling the truth. After all, he wasn't the most trustworthy guy you'd ever meet. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can send your feedback straight to me by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. 
Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.